Welcome to this episode of Back to the Point, the official podcast of BC High. I'm your host, Rick Goulding, from BC High's Class of 2004. And this is it, folks. This is our inaugural episode. Uh, so thanks so much for tuning in today, however you're listening. Uh, whether you downloaded it or you're streaming it, really appreciate that you've, uh, you've joined us. Uh, if you haven't already, please go and subscribe to Back to the Point on iTunes or SoundCloud uh, so that you know when we post new episodes. Uh, we've got some great stuff in store for you today. Grace Cotter Regan, president of the school, sat down with me, and we had the opportunity to really walk through her BC High story in depth, you know, starting with her earliest memories of campus, kind of walking the sidelines with her dad. Uh, we went right up to today and talked about what's going on on BCI's campus right now uh, and some of the things that she's seen and learned since she came on as president. And then we turned to the future and we talked about her vision and where BC High goes from here and how the BC High community and presence can figure into Columbia Point, the city of Boston, and even the world. Uh, it's a good one. So I hope you're excited. First ever episode, Grace Cotteregan. Let's do this. studio, actually in an office in the third floor of Loyola, with uh, President Reagan. It's early Thursday, early in October, and she's good enough to take time out of her schedule to sit down with me. Good morning. Good morning, Rick. <laughs> so today we wanted to spend a little time just talking with you kind of about your BC High past, present, and future. I kind of wanted to begin thinking about folks who maybe weren't at inauguration or maybe are kind of tuning in and looking at the school for the first time. I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about your BC High story. You know, what's your connection to the school? Where did it all start? And uh, maybe talk a little bit about your path from there to sitting here today as president. So my BC High story is really interesting. Uh, I was born on September 8th, 1960, the day my father started officially here. My dad had been <laughs> a student here um, from 51 to 55. He was a student athlete, went on to Boston College and played football and baseball and graduated in 59 and then came back September 8th, 1960. So <laughs> my parents grew up in Savin Hill, so our roots are really rooted here. We moved to South Weymouth when I was three, but we used to say we summered in Savvy because we would be up here every weekend <laughs> with my grandparents. So my life really was BC High growing up. My dad was here as a teacher, then guidance counselor, then coach, and then AD for almost 50 years. He died uh, two months shy of his 50th anniversary. And so that was my dad's experience. And through his experience with alumni, I accompanied him to a lot of events over the years. Our family was really entrenched here. His coaching and being an AD, we were at everything. He started the Hall of Fame at BC High. Uh, he counseled thousands of kids. So we have many, many relationships. And I really accompanied him on a lot of those events. So I got to know people over the years. I also went to Notre Dame Academy. So the Notre Dame BC High relationships were really significant and sure. have stayed through my life. And then uh, I went on to have my own career and uh, went to BC, volunteered with the Jesuits. I've worked in a number of institutions, um, Boston College, Holy Cross. I worked for the provincial for seven years um, as a provincial assistant for advancement. And then I led a school, St. Mary's in Lynn, for six years. And then I landed at BC High. But while that was happening, I was married and I mm -hmm. had two children, Bradley sure. and Luke. And my youngest uh, was a member of the class of 2012. He had a 
wonderful experience here. Um, was not a strong student, but became a stronger student. Was a three-sport athlete, Super Bowl quarterback, went on to play in college. Um, had a great experience. So I share that because I've had three different BC High experiences. So mm -hmm. I've had my dad's experience and that experience in high school. I've had my son's experience as a parent here at BC High, mm -hmm. and I was a pretty involved parent. And then I've also had my experience uh, coming back. So it's interesting. A lot of people think, uh, well, this was just, you know, I kind of happened here. And, and well, that's great. But it's, I've had a whole career aside from BC High. So mm -hmm. I've had a lens internally, but also externally. And my passion about BC High and the Jesuits is just so deep and comes from my core and from my experience, really rooted in my dad. Sure, sure. So you talked about how you were kind of, I would say, marinated from a very early age here at BC High. What's your very first memory of the BC High campus or BC High? If you can kind of reach back and think, what's your earliest memory? So I remember uh, being a little girl on the sideline with my father. I always accompanied him. He was my hero. So I always accompanied him as a little girl. Your assistant um, coach? Yeah, assistant coach. <laughs> kind of like, what's the movie? Uh, Not Friday Night Lights. I'll think of it. But, you know, Steve Hughes, our principal, will have memories of, he'll say, it's just so funny now that we're working together because I think of you, or Mike McGonigal, our VP for uh, Mission Identity, will say, I think of you as a little girl on the sideline. You know? So <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah, remember the Titans. That's the oh, remember the yeah, Titans. So I could be oh, that yeah, little girl. The little girl. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. Yeah, so walking around with a clipboard and yeah. Yeah, and I did. I my memories of my father are running film with him. You know, clicking back and forth. Yeah, play that over, dropping off the the uh, films to coaches in the morning after a game. <laughs> so it's really it's kind of a funny memory. Bill yeah. Belichick could use your help this year. I know. If you want to give him a call, <laughs> do um, your job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. You were at, you were most recently, before BC High, you were at St. Mary's in Lynn. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of what it was like to get that call that the board wanted you to be BC High's new president, mm -hmm. and what your kind of deliberative process was like when you got that call. Sure. It was a difficult decision to even enter into the presidential search because I was so uh, entrenched at St. Mary's. I mm. love the mission of the school. It's an urban, Catholic, global, little gem in the middle of Lynn. Yeah. I love Lynn. So I was really feeling very committed to that. We were in a campaign. Uh, we needed to complete that campaign. We did complete a $22 million campaign for St. Mary's. So I felt really good about that. Mm -hmm. When the search, uh, when I got the call in the summer, it was just a, I had to really think about what was the right thing for St. Mary's and what was the right thing for BC High. So that deliberation was really kind of a negotiation about how I could stay true to the mission of St. Mary's, get them through where they needed to be, but also be present at, at BC High. And to me, BC High needed a presence at that point. So uh, my first year, I was appointed a year ago, August, and I spent one day a week here in the fall more than one day a week, weekends, nights. Um, <laughs> and then I spent four days a week at St. Mary's. So I did both roles. And it was actually a really neat way to start, I think, because I I had an opportunity to be here, but not I couldn't get pulled into everything immediately. So sure. it gave me an assessment process to figure out what I needed to do first, what were the most important things. And um, the presence piece was really important. Um, people were hungry for leadership. Um, you know, I, I have to give Bill Kameza hats off to what he did here as a president. It's an amazing opportunity to follow him, mm -hmm. to see what he did for this campus and the school and for the mission. 
And so I had to really assess what needed to be done. So that was a really good easing into the role. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I hit the ground running January 2nd. So it's been intense. I remember the first time we met was when you were kind of doing the dual roles. And I just remember being amazed at the fact that you were basically running two schools at the same time. Mm -hmm. And just, I can't even imagine what the hours were like and kind of trying to keep things straight in your mind was like. Well, I made, I made a couple of faux pas thinking I was at BC High, at St. Mary's, <laughs> and at St. Mary's at BC High. It was very funny. But it was, um, it was good, and it was, it was tiring. It was a little bit exhausting. When I think back, I, I do think, how did I do that? Um, but I thought it was really important. And there were days I was in Lynn, then I was in, at BC High, then I was in Lynn, mm. then I was back at BC High. Jeez. So it was good. Um, but I think it was, it was a good way to start. Um, it, it really did give me a lens. It gave me an opportunity to get to know people. But I, I did hit the ground running pretty pretty intensely. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of have a lens into um, some of the past of BC High. What's As you walk campus today and as you interact with students today and, and folks on campus today, what's the biggest and kind of most palpable change or difference between BC High today and kind of the, the culture or the kind of you know, uh, the spirit of the school, if it's changed at all, and back when you first stepped foot as a little assistant coach. Um, <laughs> what, what's, what's kind of the thing that comes to mind as the biggest difference? I think the, the depth and, and the breadth of the school. You know, it's, we're a little campus, but we're a big campus. Mm-hmm. And what I've, what I've noticed most is the growth of Columbia Point, the growth of the city moving this way. And I think BC High for a long time thought about BC High looking internal instead of looking externally. So for me, it's the size, the scope, um, the opportunity. Um, the spirit is here. We're strong. The enrollment is strong. You know, we're close to 1,500 boys. Um, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible faculty, staff. What, I, what I've seen is the growth of this campus. When you think about the campus in the 70s or the 80s, there are four, you know, number of buildings. They weren't connected. So now there's a real campus, but now there's a flow, an internal flow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the other thing I, I think that's interesting is there's been a humility here, which I think is so important. That's part of one of our values. Uh, I always think about humility and grit as values that BC High students should have. Mm. But the humility meaning everyone's very humble about what we do. And I think the change for me has been that we have to tell our story better, mm-hmm. that the BC High story, there are so many gems that happen here every day that we don't really tell and I think part of it is because um, that's the culture here we don't have to tell our story because we do things it's doing good deeds not because you want people to notice but because um, it's the right thing to do sure and so for me my job I think is to tell the story in a way and to to honor our great stories of our student works um, the faculty uh, teaching but just the the service and the goodness that happens here every day sure so you talked a little bit about uh, your experience as a parent, class of 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, what has it been like to kind of step through the looking glass a little bit to go from being a parent recently to being now a school administrator? What is that? What has that experience been like? And you know, does it does it frame your experience as a parent any differently now that you're the president of the school? Well, I say to parents all the time when I speak to them that I think. You know, being I've had a great, a great career. I have a lot of experience. I've, I have a lot of things that I've done and learned from great leaders and uh, mentors. 
but probably the best thing I bring to the job is that I'm a mother of two boys. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, to be able to motivate young men and to be able to look in their eyes and say, how are you doing? Sure. You know, I think boys need somebody to care about them. And so I, I think uh, being present and working with Mr. Hughes, who runs the school, I, I really believe in, you know, um, keeping those lines of communication open, but letting people do their jobs and not overstepping. But I think having a presence and uh, getting to know parents has been really interesting. You know, it's, it's a different time. I mean, mm. it, these days with uh, the, the climate we're in in the country, the church, um, you know, it's really important to be present, but to have a strong role model or strong role models within the school. And I think that's one of the things we do really well at BC High is everyone really cares deeply about their faith, about the students, and, and to let students know that they are truly loved and, and that God is present in our life every day, that God is good every day. And... You know, we look for God in everything, very Ignatian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What has surprised you the most uh, since you've started here? What was something that you didn't kind of see coming down the pipeline that uh, you've experienced that you said, whoa, okay, didn't see that coming? I'm trying to think what would that be. Um, I guess I, th- nothing really has surprised me. I guess I, I always thought BC High um, was a well-oiled machine. And it is, but I think, like any organization, I think probably the best thing is coming in from the outside with a new set of eyes. Mm. Uh, I've been able to look at ways that we can be better, so that nothing is broken, but we can certainly grow and look at new ways of proceeding. Very Jesuit, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's that's really it. I and I think well, I guess the other thing is um, there's an opportunity to collaborate in a different way. I think people were kind of doing their jobs, doing their roles, and because of leadership being here for so long, um, it kind of had a rhythm. And mm. I, I think I added a little organized chaos, which I think is always <laughs> good for an organization sure. to shake it up a little bit. And not in a way that you know you, you want people to change the way of proceeding, but the you know changing a culture. I think the other thing I would say to you is that. Um, I'm all about transparency mm. and being very um, candid with people and uh, answering questions uh, directly. Not and again, not that that hadn't happened before, but I think my leadership is much more. I want people to know where we're at. I want to tell them the good, the bad, the ugly, so that we can collaboratively look at how we um, solve that or solve for whatever we're solving for. So I think that's been a different culture because. Um, I show up and people don't know what to do. They're kind of like, oh, the president's here. What do we do? And <laughs> and I'm just there. It's not to to be there for any reason but to be present. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and you talked a little bit about throwing in a little organized chaos into the into the the school. What's an experience that you've had since since you came on full full time in January? What's an experience that kind of taught you something? What what's an experience that really challenged you and, and taught you? So I, I would say the, the experience that's been most interesting to me uh, has been meeting with the students. Mm. So we had a, a program called Ignatian Values Day last year, which is a, per, a first-time program that we did in the high school where we, um, we talked about how do we live in a loving community. And it was a whole day of um, prayer and worship uh, at the beginning of the day. Um, and what struck me was that traditionally we set up McNeese as a traditional mass, and this was kind of like theater in the round. 
and the students presented their faith. And so I gave the call to worship, not my words, but other words. I had asked other folks to tell me what it meant to, what does Majus mean, mm. uh, the more? What does AMDG, Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam, for the greater glory of God? So I put that all in context of other people's words and what it means to be a Jesuit school. And then the students opened up with their faith, and we had a, a Jewish student, a Pentecostal student, a Buddhist, and a Catholic talking about their faith life here at BC High mm-hmm. in a Catholic context. And the kids didn't know what to do. The students were kind of, it was theater in the round. Students were talking about their faith, and then students were went off, and we had workshops. We had hip-hop in India. We had yoga. We had mindfulness. We had diversity. It was a great day. And I had two student groups that I met with to talk about student life at BC High. And so for me, that was probably the best day. There were two best days last year of student. It, the other was uh, the Martin Luther King uh, celebration here at BC High. It was just a, a powerful day. But to see the student experience and those two student groups that I met with mm-hmm. really gave me um, a, a lens of, of the student life here and the student experience. And again, not that anything was bad or wrong, but they had a voice and what struck me was they said you know nobody's ever asked us what we want and yeah. so um and again i i i'm really mindful of lines in, in the principal's office and student affairs but sure. it's given me a lens of the student experience here and how we can enhance that mm. i mean it's when you think about the academic pressures on kids or the pressures on students in general yeah, like how can we make life a little more fun yeah or how do we find ways to have stress release and how do we find ways to have students helping with decision-making or shaping the future of the school. And so I think that that was a surprise for me that um, I, I just always meet with students in general. And so we formed a kitchen cabinet last year, and this year I have a president's cabinet. And it's just a really nice way for the students to feel like they have a voice and to be heard and to shape policy um, going forward for the students. And again, we, we do that in concert with student affairs and the principal. Sure. And I think they've learned that there are lines of, you know, and how you, how you negotiate things. That's a great experience for yeah. them. So yeah. It's been really fun. That's cool. So I want to, we've talked a little bit about your BC High past. We've talked a little bit about BC High present. I want to, for just for a second, look a little bit into the future. And one of the big, uh, one of the big kind of buzz phrases you'll hear as you talk to people at BC High or uh, whether it's alumni or students uh, faculty, everybody, is uh, the word community, the BC High community, this mm-hmm. this uh, great um, concept that's out there. I think there's a lot of layers to that community, but I want to start with talking about the community here on campus, kind of the epicenter of the, the BC High community. What's your, what's your hope or what's your vision for uh, the next chapter kind of of student life on a day-to-day basis, the community here at BC High? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. We're in a, um, a project right now called Sponsorship Review. Mm. And so the Jesuits, uh, resp- if you are a Jesuit-sponsored school, uh, every five years you have to go through a sponsorship review. And I call it the mission examine. So mm. you you know what the examine is, the mm-hmm. examine that we pray every Wednesday uh, at 9.15, where <laughs> everything stops and everyone stops to think about what they're grateful for, how they can be better, and who they want to pray for. The sponsorship review is really um, a great opportunity for us as a community to come together and really think about who we want to be. And uh, I've uh, really taken the lead with our vice principal for uh, Mission and Identity and Mr. Hughes to take this as um, not just check the box, but really 
use this experience to think about thoughtfully about who we are and who we need to be, might want to be in the future. And the way the sponsorship review is organized is there are domains that we, um, and then there are standards along with that, that it's kind of like an accreditation. But the, the domains are um, operational vitality, mm -hmm. uh, governance and leadership, academic excellence, mission and identity, a faith that does justice. And then we added a sixth domain um, to study the, the document from Rio, which Father General wrote about collaboration and global collaboration. Mm. And then also to review the Gratic Grad, the Gratic Grad, which is our mantra, and most uh, Jesuit schools adopt that, um, to try to map the Gratic Grad. So, uh, that's kind of a big layer, but yeah. it's it's an opportunity. It has been an opportunity for us to engage a steering committee, uh, leadership uh, on those standards, and mm. then for people to really ask questions. So, for instance, the governance and leadership piece. I've had to. I've met with faculty staff uh, to talk about what does governance look like. Who leads the school? Who who is the leadership team? Um, how is that layered? Who makes decisions? Those, again, those transparent questions that I don't know that anyone's ever had the opportunity to ask. And then for the other groups, um, we're also engaging um, survey work with alumni parents, trustees, Jesuits, students, and we've made commitments to have the students do them in the theology or religion classes so that every student participates in the survey. So we've added questions to those standard surveys so that we get what we need about what the expectation of the community is about who we are. So it's been an opportunity to really reposition us in a position of strength mm. and to really give everyone a voice at BC High. Sure. And ultimately that report will be written. We'll have a visiting team next year, but I think it's really gonna shape us in terms of giving us some themes that come out of that, that faculty, staff, and parents, alumni, trustees agree on. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's helpful. No, that's great. That's mm -hmm. that's great. If we zoom out just a little bit, the kind of next layer I was thinking about is um, here on Columbia Point. You know, it's a it's kind of a geographic classification of community physically where we sit. Mm -hmm. But I was hoping you could talk a little bit about what your vision is for BC High and how we fit in the 21st century on Columbia Point, which is a very uh, kind of happening place. Sure. It is a really happening place, and uh, I've seen such growth here since I was a, a little girl. But when you look at what's happening across the globe, Nordblom bought the globe. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be an innovation center. It's going to be amazing. Um, everything's in play kind of it, around us. And so it's interesting. I think um, when I think back to our strategic planning process a few years ago, we did a master plan and a strategic planning process, but we weren't looking – we were looking – internally not externally yeah so we have just uh the past six months taken that plan that we did and kind of uh, overlaid the point so we now have our own campus plan which we've worked with a, uh, an architect and a company to help us think about what's happening around us um, what are the opportunities of collaboration or points of connection that we can make with umass with um with you know Nordblom across the street, um, and also what does our campus need and what do we look like going forward? So what's what's interesting is we've had many different renditions. We're finally at a point where we can really look at this plan and say, okay, what what are the academic enhancements to the school? What do we need from a campus? You know that Loyola is old, McElroy is old. Mm. Um, do we build a new building? Do we renovate and retrofit a building? 
what are our athletic needs? You know, do we need an athletic complex for like a wellness center? Um, when you look at enrollment, uh, students look at campus facilities as a, a, one of their top choices, you know. So if there's no, in, no wellness center or fitness center, uh, and when you look at athletics as one of our priorities, as well as arts, we have a great performing arts um, program here with a theater, all yeah. that. We just have to look at the needs of the school and sure. the academic needs of the school. And innovation is really important, too. So, you know, we don't have to necessarily build an innovation center here. We could have an opportunity to partner with one of our partners in the point. So there's just a lot of questions that we have to ask. Yeah. But I think this campus planning uh, project has been a great way to learn about what's happening around us, what are the opportunities, where we can uh, collaborate, where we might lead. And that's really important in how our boys can benefit from all that's around us. And the big thing that we talk about internally all the time is the train is is the epicenter for us right now. Mm. Um, if you're a parent from Cohasset, you do not want to drive your child to school every day. You want to <laughs> pop them on the Hogwarts train and get <laughs> Platform them. Platform nine and three quarters. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's amazing. But when you think about the number of students who commute in and what a, what a great set of skills that is sure. in itself. Yeah. Um, and I'm mindful of how many students we're getting from the city, um, downtown Boston right now. This, we definitely have work to do getting more students from the city, but uh, people are really valuing the train and also those competencies that come along with the train, that independence. Absolutely. So it's, it's a very exciting time. And when you read anything or you talk to the mayor's office or you talk to any of our reps, everybody's talking about the city moving this way. I mean, this sure. is the next boom. Sure, sure. Um, so it's, it's, it's exciting to think about it. Yeah. And you actually touched on the next kind of piece of the, um, you're kind of thinking about the vision for the next chapter. You know, there's been a lot of talk about BC High in the city and our presence in the city of Boston. So the city's moving this way, but, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, Boston's still close by, right up the street a little bit. What, you know, what's what's kind of, the, are there initiatives going on that um, folks should be excited about in terms of uh, strengthening BC High's presence in the city, I guess, city proper of Boston? We've been in conversation with a lot of our partners, um, the mayor's office, the our estate reps, some of our civic and corporate leaders, to say, where should BC High be? Mm. Um, how can we do a better job at having a presence? And when I say presence, meaning I should be a leader in the city, you know, a, par a leader or co-leader or partner in some of the initiatives as the president of the school to get our students and alumni behind certain things, um, whether it's um, diversity, whether it's, you know, um, you know, uh, service. So when you think about our students, you know, we have two programs that I just think tear me up every time I think about it, but the St. Louis Project, where our students every Tuesday go to the CAF, students, faculty, make sandwiches, juice boxes, et cetera, hop on the train, go in town, walk the common, and they do food ministry to the homeless. Mm. Uh, that happens every Tuesday. Nobody Jeez. knows about it, but it happens. The Lazarus Project, which is a partnership with Art Street Shrine, which it tears me up every time I think about it, but our boys serve as pallbearers for the homeless, for veterans. We get a call from Art Street. Our boys hop on the train in their blazers, go down very humbly, very quietly, um, and accompany someone to going home to God. And that, to me, is amazing. So that service component, those quiet, good deeds, um, those humble good deeds that we do, uh, I think 
if we can do more of those kinds of programs and the amount of service that our students do, never mind in school, uh, but all over the communities. The service program here is unbelievable. The faith program is mm -hmm. unbelievable with the Kairos retreats. So I think the more we can find ways to integrate and then also to bring people back. You know, 15,000 alumni, that's pretty amazing. Sure. And the, the folks that leave here, the, the, the gentlemen who graduate, they, if you talk to them about their experience, they might have a great college experience or a university experience or a law school experience. When you ask them what shaped them, they talk about BCI. And usually they talk about a person, a part of the school, a program, and most often they talk about their faith here and mm. their faith development that they didn't know what they were getting until they left. Yes. You know, so that sense of moral character, that, you know, conscience, competency, you know, we, we, we really try to teach students to be leaders. Mm. And we honor the past, but we, we, we are inspiring leadership here. Gotcha. Uh, what about the world? What about the globe? How, so the globe. how what's the vision for uh, BC High in the world? So it's very exciting. Um, we had Father Jose Mesa, who's the international secretary um, for global education here, uh, for education, but for global education here in the spring at inauguration, and we had a panel called BC High in the Globe. The Hyde Center, which was founded by Larry Hyde, mm -hmm. um, one of our alums who has traveled the world and he has just passed away last year. Uh, endowed that program. And the Hyde Center has presently 17 international programs here that students, faculty, and staff can participate in. So the program is, is divided into immersion, exchange, and service. Mm -hmm. So I did a, a service program with our director of facilities, uh, Dr. Jeff Keith, Dr. Sell, who's in the science department, and 12 boys. We went to Belize in April, mm -hmm. built a house for a family, uh, for a woman and her family. Uh, with Hand in Hand Ministries, just a remarkable program. Uh, we we have students uh, right now uh, here from Australia. Uh, we'll have students from Ireland next week, and our students will then go exchange in the spring at their programs. Uh, we have an immersion program in China. Uh, our students went to Rwanda. I'm going to Tanzania in February with students. Oh, wow. And I'm going to do a Kairos retreat while I'm there. Oh, jeez. Which is amazing. Yeah, that's great. So the nice part of the Broth program is you know, student can apply, mm. uh, mostly sophomores, juniors, some seniors. Uh, the program's unbelievable, but we have this global presence and the global education piece is really important. And now we're looking at how do we integrate that into the curriculum in a more intentional way. So that's gonna be a really exciting program and we're a leader in the country, in the world. So we have lots of schools saying, how do you do this? We also partner with um, Don't give them Fordham. the blueprint. No, no I won't. <laughs> we also partner with Fordham Notre Dame Academy and some other schools. So it's really been a wonderful program. There's a lot going on. And uh, it, it all seems like really exciting stuff. I guess my question is, how can alumni or um, parents, current parents, how can folks help? You know, uh, th there's a vision. Uh, there's a lot of work going towards that vision. How can folks help achieve this vision? What? How can people get involved? There are many ways for people to get involved. I think, you know, all of this planning that we're doing, clearly we're teeing up for the next campaign for BCI. Mm -hmm. So there'll be great ways for uh, folks to get involved philanthropically um, in the planning of however we roll that out. So that's one piece. Um, enrollment's really important to us, as you know, and it's a challenge right now. Um, mm. The demographics have changed. There are a lot of options for parents, for students. 
it's competitive. It's a competitive landscape out sure, there. Sure, sure. You have many choices. So for our parents and alumni to talk about BC High, the BC High experience, what's a differentiator here? Why is it such a special place? That's one. That's another way. And then to really become engaged in the life of the school and be a part of the community. We have so many things going on. Mm. Um, we love to see parents and alumni back. Sure. I have to say our alumni are our best ambassadors. To see 70 alumni come to open house or 70 to 100 to show up, that's pretty impressive yeah. um, from a network perspective. Um, the other way is, you know, we have a couple programs that are really um, opportunities for people to get involved, BC Hire, where we have an internship program for juniors, seniors, and young alumni. Um, we have young alumni coming back. I think they spend more time here getting career advice than they do at some of their colleges and universities. So if you have an opportunity to you know, give us an internship um, and, and sponsor a student, that would be great. So there's, there's many, many ways. And then the spiritual formation. Mm. There are many opportunities for parents, alumni, and friends to become a part of the spiritual life of the school. You know, we have masses. Um, every month, we also offer uh, religious and um, faith opportunities for folks to continue their formation. So that's that's really how people can get involved. Great. So I wanted to uh, zoom out uh, once again. I've been doing a lot of zooming out this podcast, but I wanted to zoom out a again and take a look at kind of um, the current and kind of historical significance of you being the first female president of the school. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, so kind of where we're, you touched on this a little earlier, but in, in terms of where we're at as a country right now, and I think as a society we're taking a, we're taking a hard look at um, how we treat women. Mm -hmm. And I guess what I want to ask you is, how do you think and hope that your presence, which you've talked about, and your leadership uh, and your being able to connect with some of the boys here on campus, how do you think that those things, and how do you hope that those things will help shape you know, their attitudes towards women as they become the leaders that we want them to become in today's world? So the fact that I'm the first woman, you know, it, it wasn't much of a big deal to me because I just know my career and I know the work that I've done to get here, so I didn't really think about gender in the mix. Mm -hmm. I knew that it would be different not to have a Jesuit or a male here in this role. Sure. But I knew that I, I had the tools and the capacity to do the, the job. Absolutely. And I felt called to it as a vocational call. So I think that that's really interesting. But I, I, I've shared this before that I didn't think it was such a big deal until everybody else thought it was such a big deal, <laughs> especially the girls at St. Mary's who were kind of like, you broke the glass ceiling. <laughs> and I, and they, they were used to refer to me as GCR. And so GCR broke the glass ceiling. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, I have to take this very seriously because mm. I am a role model and I have to stand taller and realize that this isn't about me. This is about what's happening in me and the role um, that – I am called to something more again. So again, Ma just comes right into it. Mm -hmm. um, I think as a as a female role model here and a, a strong woman who is empathic and caring, but also has a vision and can be a little bit formidable at times, um, is a good thing for boys to see mm. and young men to see. And I think last year we had a pastor, uh, one of our parents uh, spoke at the MLK, Martin Luther King celebration. and. Uh, she was really passionate, and she she took me out of my shoes when she said, I don't want you just to be men for others. I want you to be men for women. 
Mm. And I thought, wow, that was a great way of putting it to the boys that, you know, you, you are called to something different here. You, you're called, we have to create a culture where boys can learn and can be, and can ask questions and um, can really have relationships with female teachers, women, understand what, how is, what's the right way to treat people, whether it's male, female. Um, and and I, I often talk as a mother, you know, I, I think about, I, just, I say to my boys all the time, there's no right way to do the wrong thing. You know, so <laughs> you got to think about that. And yeah. every action has a, a reaction and a consequence. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And my dad and my husband always said, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock at night. And those kinds of things would be kind, do the right thing. Think about what you're doing and, and put yourself in that position. Am I in the right place? Should I be here? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself those questions. So. I think we've created a culture here where we are accountable and we create an accountability for the boys. Um, if they make a mistake, not every mistake is punitive. You know, the, the, the reaction to that is punitive, but um, we like to think it's redemptive and that people can learn. I think it's a really strange time for our world and our church right now because students can't make mistakes, really. Um, nobody can really make a mistake because you're called out on it. And to me, some of those mistakes that you make are great ways to learn. I always try to find the grace moments in those mistakes. Mm. Um, and how do you, my dad used to say all the time, you know, it's not the crisis, but how you respond to the crisis, strength and resolve. So trying to give the students here strength and resolve to make good choices. And if they made a bad choice, how do you, how do you turn that into a teachable moment? Yeah. So that's kind of my philosophy as a person, as a leader. Um, I like to think that, um, you know, people can have a second chance or a third chance. You know, sometimes those those decisions that students make, our leaders make, there's no turning back. Sure. Um, and as a Catholic leader, I, I think it's really important here um, to control what we can t- control in the church yeah. and in our school. You know, our faith, we, we do we do our faith very well. That's not, not very articulate, but we do our faith very well. Um, meaning, um, you know, we, we integrate Ignatian language we pray every day. We pray the examine once a week. We do the mite box collection once a week and have a prayer on that. Um, we give the kids opportunities to reflect, and that's very Ignatian. You know, reflection's part of who we are. So that's how I feel right now as, as a woman who's a leader, who's a Catholic, mm-hmm. um, leading this institution. I feel great responsibility, but it's also an honor to, to fulfill this vocation. Sure. So my last question. In... In the context of kind of some of the press that's been out there about how, uh, you know, the days of kind of parochial education are, are on the decline or the best days are behind it, um, and, and BC High may or may not fall into that category. There's, there's some press, you know, I, I call them the doubters. What do you have to say to the doubters? What, what, how would you respond to that? What do you have to say to them in terms of where we are today? So I think BC High is in, an ex- is in a position of strength. We're at an exciting time. It's kind of a Kairos moment in time mm. where we're doing the deep dive to figure out who we're going to be. Um, you know, we're the 800-pound gorilla in terms of, you know, we're very blessed with an incredible plant, an incredible long history and mission um, and legacy. Um, we have an $80 million endowment. Um, most high schools of our size do not have anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. So when I think about us, I think we're in a position of strength. On the other hand, we have, as fiduciaries and as responsible leaders, we have to be strategic about the future. We have to be real. 
to realize demographics are changing. Um, not everybody's going to survive, and I hate to say that, but I say it a lot, that you've seen some schools close, yeah. and I don't want any school to close, but it's inevitable that we're going to have to think differently about, you know, when you look at some of the, the co smaller colleges looking at merging or acquiring or absorbing or co-institutional kind of models, um, that's not to say we're looking at any kind of co-ed model right now. We're not, we're not, I feel very strongly about single sex education. Mm -hmm. I love the BC highs all boys. I went to an all girls school. Um, and right now we're a Jesuit school for boys, grade seven to 12. But that's not to say that we won't be collaborating with the leadership on the high school level to talk about this. And that's where I think we can lead, BC High can lead that conversation about what does the future of Catholic education look like? And what does the future look like? And we can be leaders and resources for some of those schools that aren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really scary time right now when you look at affordability, um, you know, sustainability, mm -hmm. uh, the needs of the plant. Uh, we're blessed that we have a long-range plan. Uh, we have deferred maintenance for sure, but we're on top of it. Uh, I think a lot of schools don't have the resources or the talent, um, meaning the talent of volunteers to help think that through. So we're blessed with great leadership, great alumni, great board, mm -hmm. and um, I'm really confident about the future. I'm very optimistic. Um, I'd say to the doubters, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, anything to plug coming up in terms of events? Yes, we have many events coming up. Uh, you know, if you have an opportunity to join us for our open house, uh, the admissions open house is October 21st. Um, the Arupe, which is our 7th and 8th grade middle school, is November 7th. Um, if you're interested in BC High, we hope you are. Come shadow for a day. We call it Eagle for a Day. Our Hall of Fame is really exciting. It's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and we are, uh, we are going to have a great uh, unveiling that evening. And we just encourage you to follow us on social media. Um, think about BC High uh, as you're making your year-end gifts, and uh, <laughs> always keep us in your prayers. So that would be, I guess that's it. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking time, and uh, this has been awesome. We'll, we'll have to have you back on in a, in a couple of months or something. Thank you. It's been a delight. Thank you. That does it for this episode of Back to the Point. Thank you so much to Grace Cotteregan for taking time out of her schedule to sit down with me today. Thank you also to Kristen Brophy for being just an incredible sound editor. Thank you also to Colleen Carter and everyone else at BC High who helped get this idea off the ground. You know who you are. And thank you to all of you for listening today. By the way... If anyone has any thoughts on things we could do better or differently or topics that you would like to hear us cover or guests you would like to have us um, have you know, on the pod, let us know. Uh, you can email backtothepoint at bchigh.edu uh, and let us know everything that's on your mind. Seriously, we, we want to hear from you. Uh, a couple weeks from now, I'm going to sit down with Phil Perry, rising star on the Boston sports reporting scene. Uh, and also a fellow member of the class of 2004. So should be a good one. And we'll talk to you then.